Welcome to the Queen Divas Queens of Fitness podcast. Join your hosts, three-time WBFF world champions and WBFF royalty, Alicia Gowans and Stephanie Ayala McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our latest edition of Queen Divas podcast with my beautiful co-host, Stephanie. And we have a very interesting and very unique guest with us today. And it's certainly related to fitness in some ways, I think, big time related to mindset and the way that we approach um, challenges and resilience, I think is going to be a big key take home out of um, today's podcast as well. But she's just an all-round fucking legend. And there was no way that we couldn't have her on. And, you know, Renee Jennison is our guest today. And she is someone that I've had the pleasure of knowing, you know, indirectly and in close contact in my best friend's salon now for some time. She's a very talented hairdresser, but she's also a very talented um, fitness ex- um, expert too. Like she actually does group fitness classes, does boxing, does a whole bunch of things in our industry, <coughs> Steph. So this is a girl who is who I've only ever known her to be high energy, you know, um, highly athletic, really fit, really bubbly, super engaged in her work, but just constantly on the go, right? So. I love that. Renee is with us today, and anyone that's watching the YouTube will note that Renee has an amazing buzz cut. <laughs> it's like my comment when I first saw it, I was going to be like, girl, I love. Thank you. Thank you. It seriously suits her. You but rocks it, you guys. Make sure you take a look because she rocks it. Like, she does rock it. She yes. does rock it. As soon as she comes, yes. I'm one day, I'm like, I'm so glad you've actually that you that you're rocking the buzz because yeah. it's epic. and she was saying it. to me she just got back from the gym so she wasn't at work she doesn't need to have her wig on so that may even lead to a little <laughs> bit of <laughs> why we're talking with Renee today she has you know um is I guess required to wear a wig now with work only because she's in the, the hair industry not because she has to but the reason yeah. she has to wear one is because Renee is a survivor of a major brain tumor. She's sitting with us today. Again, amazing. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. It still blows my mind. So this amazing woman at the age of only 28 had, this is how it came about. I walked into, and I was, I was sharing this Renee, I walked into the salon literally two days after this happened. And I was with my best friend. She was doing my hand. She goes, you will, I need to tell you what happened to Renee. Cause there was stuff going on and she was trying to juggle calls and swap clients with other people because I was meant to be with Renee and I'm like are you okay can I help and she goes no look I'll, I'll tell you what's happened Renee had had a massive seizure in the middle of the gym and I'm going to hand it over to her in a moment to tell us the story because it's not only the fact that she has survived something that has an 80 percent mortality rate but it's the way that she has come through it. It's her mindset, her outlook, her attitude. I love everything about it. And I think everyone listening to this will have some major key take-home points. And Renee and I joked about it in the salon about, you know, when someone has an excuse for something and you kind of just look at them and for Renee, she literally looks at them going, shut the fuck up. Like, seriously, <laughs> you've not had brain tumor. You don't have anything wrong. <laughs> But I'll, oh. Renee, tell everyone about this because you know for yes. me you, everything, you were so fit you were so athletic you were yeah. running classes 
what happened on that day or night how did it go down what's what what do you remember happening between when it happened and waking up in the hospital yeah so um I had taught two kickboxing classes in the morning same as usual same as my early morning routine up gym everything everything was completely normal um I had finished that and then I was training myself I was training legs um and I was training with a friend at the time and I remember saying to her, my hands feel a little bit weird. And I was like, it just, I could almost feel my heartbeat in my hands. It was almost like my, my hands were doing this. And I was like, it feels really weird. Like I just feel off. And then next minute I couldn't control my left hand. It started curling in. It went into my chest and I had called out to one of the PTs and I was like, you need to call an ambulance. Didn't quite know what was wrong. I knew that it was neurological because I couldn't control something. So I was like, you need to call an ambulance. Um, Anyways, and I remember thinking to myself, I need to sit down because I'm going to either pass out or black out. I didn't know whether it was like that I was going to have a heart attack or what was going to happen. So I remember sitting down on the ground um, and then I woke up and the ambulance and my mum was standing in front of me. And I was like, what the hell happened? Like, what am I doing down here? Like, what's everyone like having a sook about? Like, go away. I need to finish my leg session. Um, and uh, the ambulance had said to me, like, you've just had a seizure. Like, what do you remember? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I remember nothing. And they're like, do you feel fine? And I'm like, I feel fine. And then I remember saying, what day is it? And they're like, it's Tuesday. And I was like, well, can someone hand me my phone? Cause I'm meant to be in the salon in an hour. So I've got to ring Trish to tell her that I can't come to work. And the amb- yeah. And the ambos are like, it's all good. Like we'll sort it out. We've got to take you to hospital just to make sure everything's all good. So I was like, right. Oh, whatever. I'll go for a trip. Never been in an ambulance before. So I was like, yeah, shit. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Lights and sirens. Like, let's get this going. Um, so went into hospital. I don't really remember the ride in there. I was pretty out of it. And I remember getting into hospital and they're like, we're going to take you for an MRI, obviously. Um, and I remember saying to them on the way into the MRI that my hands started to feel yeah. quite weird again. Um, and I had two more seizures in hospital on the way to have an MRI done. Mm-hmm. Um, so then at that point, I obviously knew that something was quite serious. Um, so after all of that, then this was also during COVID. So I couldn't have any visitors. It was just me, like just chilling there in the hospital. So hey, Renee, for anyone listening to this too, that mm. has no idea of even what a seizure is, or mm. what it's like explain what other people around you were seeing. Cause yeah. you, know, you might not have been remembering it, but you, I know, know what it was because we've discussed what it was. What yeah. does it look like for everyone else? If Steph and I were standing there watching you, what would we have yeah. seen? So um, really like convulsing on the ground, like heaps of shaking. Um, I was foaming at the mouth. My eyes had rolled back in my head. I was blue. Um, A lot of the PTs thought that I was going to die in front of them. Like, and these are my friends that I've worked with for five years. Um, And it was actually quite traumatic for a lot of them. They had to, a few of them had to have some days off because it was just, it was, yeah, quite a lot for a lot of people. And like, that's not something you want to see for anyone, let alone your friend that you've been, you know, working with for the last five years. So yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. And it um, apparently lasted between 30 to 40 seconds, which is quite a long seizure. Um, Yeah. So um, yeah, it's not, it's not a very nice thing to see for sure. Um, But yeah, once um, yeah, I was in hospital and all that sort of stuff, two more while I was in there. And obviously like I was in the best place to, you know, have them and whatever. So, um, and then, yep, I woke up and I was just back up in the ward um, and the doctor came to see me and yeah, he was like, I've got some pretty average news for you. 
And I was like, cool. And then he was like, the yeah, average. you're pretty <laughs> average. Way to describe it. Yeah. Average. He was, the doctor was actually pretty cool because he was fairly young. I was going to um, say, like, he's yeah. young. And Steph, this is yeah. so Australian, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> how, many, how many doctors in America do you think would be like, look, love, got some average news. Yeah, no. So how does he so, deliver the conclusion? What is it? So um, he said to me that I had quite a substantially large brain tumor and I'm looking at him and I'm like, are you, are you reading the right chart? Like you're wrong. No. Like it's stress. I'm fine. Like stress. Work, yeah. Stress. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. So yeah. And I was like, am I being punked? Like, is this like, come on, like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm so fit. I'm so healthy. I'm totally yeah. fine. Like, and he was like, no, it's like quite serious. And like, you know, you hear people who have other brain tumors that are, you know, small and they can go home and do their daily stuff and they just have to have it looked at for a while. I said to him, I was like, well, cool. Like, can I go home then? And he was like, nah, like we've got you in, like you're going up to the neuroscience ward. You're in here. We've got like brain surgery booked for you. And I was like, like they what wanted the hell? to go immediately into surgery. Okay. So yeah. Go, oh my God. So yeah. Renee, where in the brain, what, yeah, what where, heart region was it? Yeah. And so how um, big was it for people to have an idea of size? Yeah. So back right-hand side. Um, and that affects your hand-eye coordination. So um, not that I've all of that. that you yeah, doing. exactly. Exactly. Explains yeah. why I couldn't control my hand, but yet I've never had any hand-eye coordination issues. You know, obviously being a hairdresser, PT, yeah. never had any issues yeah. whatsoever. Um, and they determined that it was the size of a mandarin. It was already big. Wow. So Steph, this is the thing that freaked yeah. me out, right? When Renee and I were discussing this, it was, it blew my mind. So you think about it, there's a mandarin, it's like the size of your fist, right? Inside mm. of her head, they cut that actual thing out. There's mm. nothing now, like the brain there. doesn't just grow back. There's nothing there. No, it's so like Renee a has a mandarin size yeah. hole in her brain. Yeah, now, you know, this is the, 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 like, this is where she was quite lucky as much as luck can be applied to this. We had a discussion about this. Imagine if that positioning of that was in a place where it took away all your memories or it took away, well, you know, um, any other empathy or, you know, mm. any empathy or emotion. Like imagine if it removed things that would quintessentially completely change the awesomeness about. that we've yeah. all heard that is Renee, right? Like fucking imagine that. <laughs> the only thing she has to worry about at the moment is just making sure that, you know, she doesn't lose some of that coordination stuff. But I mean, out of all the places, Renee, you probably had the best place this could be, right? Yeah, I'm super yeah. stoked. And it like, yeah. And when they told me there was hand-eye coordination, I'm like, I'm fine. Like there is no way that that's obviously affected anything. And yeah, now right. even after surgery hasn't affected anything. But yeah, I am super lucky. You know, too, though, explain to everyone why they were questioning um, whether or not you have experienced impact on hand-eye coordination up to that point, because it is, there is relevance in it. This tumor isn't a little friend that just appeared while you were 28. Mm. This little tumor has been a friend for how long? Yeah, well, that's the thing. So um, my tumor was called an ependymoma. So what that is, is actually a kid's tumor um, and a kid's cancer. So they think that I've actually had this since I was a kid and I've just never had any side effects. You know, I'm obviously so fit and healthy. 
Um, and they just assume that I've, yeah, had this forever and I've just never, well, I've never had to have an MRI on my head or anything. So yeah, with the size that it was and yeah, the type of tumor that it was, it's, yeah, it's been there for a whole while. Crazy. That's mind blowing. Yeah, it is like crazy. It's crazy. And it's crazy to think that she's survived all these years with not one single impact physically to herself, but also too. Like she was the oldest person to actually have the operation of a child's tumor, I think, in the mm. history of this particular ward. That's interesting. Right? Yeah. So yeah. normally they catch this sooner, I'm assuming, in children. Yeah. Yeah. How long was your yeah. recovery period? Um, I was actually super lucky. So I went into the hospital on the Tuesday and then I had my surgery on the following Monday. So I was only in there for a few days until I had to have surgery. So they said to me that I would be in ICU for at least two days. Um, and I was out that Monday afternoon. I was like, I'm not staying in here. Like it was, it was, yeah, I was like, I'm not doing it. Anyways, they said to me that I would, yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm not laying in this bed. Like no way. Um, and then, so they said to me that it would take a couple of days for me to walk and then to be able to get it all back. Cause obviously they've been in there and they've, yeah, attacked everything, whatever they're doing back there, which I do not want to know what they did. <laughs> it's Close good. Close it, heal it. Yeah, so literally. How process? How long did it take for, I guess, uh, the scar, um, you know, overall from, from the surgery? And before, yeah. actually, before the surgery, which I think this is another sign of how awesome Renee is with the way she approaches <laughs> mentally. She's like, she had the most kick-ass attitude. Like, I've never met anyone that could tackle something so serious with such lightheartedness she's in the salon before so before she has the surgery she's let out of the hospital to go to the salon so that the whole team of girls at the salon could get together to do this ceremony of cutting her hair right to prepare to prepare for it but she refused to cut her whole head because it was literally just going to be just a little bit over here and she didn't really need to lose her whole hair she was coming back and <laughs> you feel like a half Britney oh, like a half yeah, so I was, yeah. so where they where they shaved it. So I've got about a fifteen centimeter scar from one side to one side. So it was, it's quite substantial. Um, and yeah, and I decided. Well, I didn't want my hair to fall out in patches because that's exactly what it would have done. Um, so I was like, that's it. I was like, we're all gonna get drunk. We're all just gonna cut my hair. Like we're gonna do like make it a big deal because I wanted it to be fun. Because I'm like, if I'm sitting at home shaving my head by myself, I'm like this is depressing. so fucking depressing. Like yeah, yeah. I don't do this. Yeah. So get me drunk give me some drinks, shave my head. Like, like, let's make it a big deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So after my um, surgery um, that afternoon, I got out of the ward the next day. I was like, I'm going for a walk. And they were like, I don't think that's advice. And I was like, whatever, dude, like take, I was like, either the physio comes with me or I'm going for a wander by myself. Like you guys choose what you want me to do. Anyway, so the physio like runs in and he's like, oh, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm just going for a walk, mate. Like you can either come with me or you can stay here. Like they're your options. Um, so yeah, we went for a bit of a walk and he was like, how do you feel? And I was like, I feel really good. Um, and then they had me on some pretty strong pain meds and I was like, I don't want to be on them. Um, I was like, I'm happy with Panadol. I was like, that's all that I want to take. I don't like taking medication, that sort of stuff. Like it's, yeah, it doesn't mess with me very well. Um, so the day after I was up walking, got off all my pain meds. Um, they reckon I responded like really well to everything. The Thursday after surgery was my worst day. My, I had the worst pain I have ever felt. Um, and that's when I had to go back on the strong pain meds. I had 
like so much pressure in my head. I had headaches. I literally cried the whole day. Like I was like, this fucking sucks. Like it was brutal. Um, so that was probably my worst day after that. Friday, I was like, I feel good. Came home Saturday. Yeah, well. Wow. So, so leading into um, leading into the surgery too, Renee, like give everyone that's listening at home a bit of a feel for the somberness of mm. everyone else around you. Give yeah. the picture as to what was happening in the hospital ward where you were sitting, people coming and going. What was the overall vibe? And even what they were prepping you with as, you know, specialists about to do this surgery, what were you mm. being told versus mm. what you chose to believe? Yeah. So I think it was worse for everyone else than what it actually was for myself. And I think because I didn't feel any different, like I still felt like myself, like, yeah, I'd had a seizure and whatever, but I was like, you know, I wasn't amped up on pain meds. It wasn't like I felt ill. There wasn't anything like that. So I think for everyone else, it was way worse because they just thought that I was being like, oh, it's sweet. Like I feel fine. Like, so everyone else was all like, oh, you know, so worried about me and whatever. And people are coming in to visit and I'm like, sweet, I'm good. Like, can we walk into South Bank and get me some ice cream? Like that's literally <laughs> what my like thing was. Um, but yeah, everyone else was like real, yeah, upset and, and sad, but I got day release on the Saturday, Sunday, so I could come home and see some friends and stuff like that. So on the Sunday, it was a really weird, surreal feeling. You know, I had been told that, um, where my tumor was, it was attached to the vein that runs down the middle of your head. So my surgeon had obviously had to tell me that if he touched that vein, that I could die instantly. That's the vein that runs, like runs your whole body essentially. Um, and so he had obviously prepped me to be like, if I touch that, you can instantly die. Um, so that's also, you know, that's not a very great thing imagine, to hear. Imagine the pressure of that doctor. Imagine him being there. And as he's even telling you, being like in the back of his mind, like, holy fuck, bro, you yeah. messed it up and she's gone. Like, yeah. Honestly, like, I think wow. the job for anyone yeah. would be the surgeons, the ones that have to like really decide, you know, like in her situation, it's life or death, right? Do I take mm. a tumor out and, um, you know, obviously yeah. let her maybe have a chance at life or let yeah. the tumor essentially kill her. Right. And yeah. so oh I do God, think that, that's such a tough, such a tough situation and everything you've experienced, Renee, would you say like, just my question after hearing your story is you, the difference of your life, you know, the impact of this happening to you, how has it changed you, your perspective to life and even how you've approached life? Yeah. I feel like I am probably a completely different person. Like I have gone from being stressed, working 55, 65 hour weeks. Um, you know, every little thing would annoy me. Like I would just be irritable all the time. Like, yeah, obviously you put on your phone. Like, yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. Um, and now like literally nothing worries me. Like I am so sweet. Like the most amazing thing I think, and people don't get to do it enough is to see a sunrise. Like the most amazing thing after surgery awesome. and I woke up and I got out of hospital and I was awesome. fine. I went away for the weekend afterwards and I just sat there and watched every sunrise, every sunset and being like, I am beyond blessed to be here. Like I am meant to be here. You know, yeah. I had every odd against me of not surviving through my seizures and tumor and, you know, surgery and everything like that. And nice. I'm here. So like live every day as your fullest because you never know when that's going to be up. Like I, that could have ended on that gym floor 
like right yeah. there, but it didn't. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta take that shit by the horns and run with it. Like, amen. Amen. One of the biggest things that I 100% hear in you whenever we've discussed anything to do with this too. And I, and I truly believe it's a big impact on how you actually survived it and came out of it. Mm. was just literally how you packaged it to yourself the whole way through. Like there was never a victim mindset, not Mm. once from you. There was also, yeah, there was also this, screw you guys. I'm going to go do what I want. I'm going to be fine. To the point where, you know, 24 hours after major brain surgery, you're like, yeah, I'm going for a walk. You either come with me or you don't. You know, it's just indicative of the way you approached it and how your attitude was with it, but how you processed it. Yeah. I think there can't be enough said about the fact, hey, shit, I even posted it on my Instagram today. Mindset is literally everything. It's how we approach it mentally, any kind of task, ailment, injury, illness, you know, challenge in our life will dictate the terms of our outcomes, 100%. So if you're going to sit there and Dr. Google deep into brain tumors and everything could go wrong, what do you think you're going to get? More of where you just put your attention on, right? More of the somberness, more of the worry more of the fear more of the stress and that energetic you know space you're sitting in i don't think is going to be conducive to success and positivity and optimism right so this is where i think you know as people were sitting there because you were telling me people were coming to see you like it was going to be the last time they ever saw you and literally literally (laughs) very dramatic honestly though everyone gets very dramatic i think i'm guilty though like when my dad was in the hospital and they told me he had a tumor in his small intestine i mean i was very dramatic i mean i think we all freaked out so i understand where she even said her family uh felt it more than her at the time because those around you that love you so much are going to suffer there probably more because they try to fathom the worst right they're expecting Mm. the worst and they're not like being faithful that it could be positively good um versus your mindset Renee was already in such a like I'm fighting this this is not me you're wrong like are you sure that's right like your chart (laughs) is wrong okay like I'm healthy (laughs) and I think that's so important because um when we go into any any challenge whether if that's an injury um or obviously a sickness if we go in with obviously the fighting attitude we're not going to feel defeated with what comes you know up uh, up into surface of what the issues are versus you actually finding a solution and in your case like you, you didn't really let the problem get to you you're just like mm. get me the hell out of here you know i'm yeah. gonna figure this out on my own i'm gonna fix myself and it yeah. really says a lot about your you know yourself your personality your mindset and what every listener here should be taking with is the fact that you're gonna get shit brought up to you you're gonna get mm-hmm. thrown you are gonna get thrown probably the wackiest and probably worst things that could possibly happen to humans but you got to be ready for it and not act like a victim just like ali said yeah. i think the victim mentality is what kills so much of society because they're trying to victimize themselves feel sorry for me all feel sorry right like yeah instead you just don't fight for yourself and i think it's very important to have that strong mentality of thinking that yes we're going to suffer sometimes there's going to be good there's going to be bad but when Mm -hmm. the bad comes you got to be ready to fight for it you know and And yourself yeah losing sight of the potential of what could be too you know like she's sitting there and being told that these are all the things that could go wrong but clearly a lot of you know successful surgeries that go on throughout the world too so it's like that moment of hey every single time someone's had their head cut open they haven't died right so you've got to have that whole optimism of i'm going to be one of those survivors so it wasn't until she actually woke up that she found out just how high the mortality rate was well it wasn't even that it wasn't until 
maybe a month into having my radiation treatment to try and get rid of some of the cancer cells that a friend sent me a message um, and she, she works for like a um, scan place and she was like, oh, congrats on being one of the 20%. I was like, what do you mean 20%? And she was like, only 20% of people survive brain cancer. And I was like, are you serious? I was like, that is so low. And she was like, yeah, did you not Google this? And I was like, thank God I didn't because like, I was like, God, that is so low. But I had no idea. Like I was just, yeah, doing my thing and just taking every day as it came and yeah, and apparently I'm one of the 20. So I think, fuck for that. I love that. You know, <laughs> I love hey, that. I, know, isn't this, I love that. Isn't this a message, Steph, though, that, hey, every time you have a small something pop up, you know, maybe don't automatically go Dr. Google. Like, yeah, okay, that's sorry. what I was going to bring up next. I was going to say, sorry. I was like, don't Google your symptoms for anything. Because, like, even earlier today, I was having a really bad chest pain. And I'm not kidding. Like, I'm feeling, like, a little sick today. So <laughs> I was feeling it. I'm, like, already thinking of going. I'm, like, it's just going to tell me I have COVID. It's going to tell me I'm going to have a heart attack. It's going to tell me I'm literally going to have a stroke. So. Good. I'm not gonna right now. I'm fine. I just take a little more vitamin C, a little more zinc, a little more. Get a good night's sleep. Yeah, wake I, up. Yes. I, like I, I ate some good old chicken soup. Okay, like they kind of, <laughs> got me a little more, uh, like soothed, and I'll be fine. I took a little. I did take just to help me a little acetaminophen, just to kind of make sure I am not getting a little sick. But other than that, like I think if we go straight to Google, so many of us have done that. Oh my god! Freak yeah. out. Yeah. Freak yes. It's the worst. The thing. worst. I'm glad you did. Yeah, <laughs> me too. We're talking about this offline before you came on, Steph. About even you know, for me, I look at the difference in um, my transfer. So I was saying to Renee, you know, we had our transfer. How are you, by the way, Ali? How are things? I'm going? really good. I was saying this to Renee. I'm like, I have not done what I did last time, which was just monitor and keep a check on and be across, you know, my stats every day and all the data and my body temp and I just. I have, I've just fucking got the transfer. I went to a black tie event that night and then I've literally just gone about my normal life ever since, right? Yeah. The very first time I literally put myself into a bubble, you know, with cotton wool around myself and I was yeah. checking all of the different temps and gauges and Googling everything. And man, like Your it's such a difference. I'm yeah. so much more relaxed. Yeah, you're more relaxed. Oh exactly. Gosh. You're not so stressed out about it. So this is yeah. going to be really good for you. This is. I really hope so. Like yeah. I'm going to use Renee here. I was like, I'm going to rub it. Rub my little, rub my little bald spot <laughs> on the back. Oh, so get rid of that. <laughs> and when we get our pregnancy test that comes through positive, I'm going to ring Renee. And be like, fuck yeah, it was you. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I'll take that. Did. She did actually give me a little bit of a moment because we were talking about all this, obviously, when I first messaged you, Steph, and said, man, we've got to get Renee on because it was the fact that she said a few things. I'm like, oh, my God, if she can go through a freaking brain tumor and major brain surgery and not look at Google once, what am I doing <laughs> in this transfer? Like, what is wrong with me? I'm giving this shit up. So I did. And it's honestly been the best process. And look, I'm not going to say, say this to Renee. I still know the stats, like so I'm not going to say that I'm no. definitely <laughs> going to have a positive test at the end of this, but I do feel just more calm and more relaxed and yeah. stress is a big reason that it doesn't work. So look, if it doesn't, it doesn't, we go again next month. It's just a better attitude to have, but, um, but yeah. I'm also not micromanaging my process, if that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> I don't need to worry about what we can't handle. Sorry, guys. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> right right no just like saying right like why do we i think so many of us worry about things that are out of our control and that we can't yeah. handle right 
right? Like oh we should let go of that stress. I think stress that just lingers, uh, whether if it's sickness, uh, if it's extra stressors of life, right? Just uh, like, like work, relationships, anything, it's going to cause other problems, whether if that's mm. in your growth of muscle, whether if it's in recovery, uh, obviously in, in, in cases of, for you, Ali, for you to actually be able to be in a good homeostasis oh place, of, you know, be able to get a go, you know, and obviously exactly. get everything, you know, exactly. uh, positive. So just stressors down everyone, please. I think that's one of the bigger yeah. homes that everyone should be listening to is that yeah. we should be controlling our stress and not be so stressed out and not worry about what is out of our control. I think mm. that's and I think idea. that was one of the biggest things that I found as well. Like when I went through, um, cause then I had to have treatment afterwards for my cells that were still growing in my head. So I had to have seven weeks of radiation every day. So going into wow. the hospital, um, them zapping my head essentially. And that was wow. a thing that I found probably one of the hardest things. Like you're going in yeah. to have treatment in this machine that apparently is doing something to this disease that you have no idea that's actually in your body and what it's actually doing to you. And I think that's one of the hardest things to like, to, to wrap your head around is like, I'm putting my trust into a machine for a disease that I don't even feel any different for. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's got to be something that you've just got to de-stress like I can't control that like whether this works or whether this doesn't like well you know I'm getting up every day and I'm you know doing the things that I want to do if it's you know zapping these cells or awesome if not well I've got to do a few more weeks of it like you know so, and that's something that I've definitely on, found as well on your really crappy days because even mm. you being as awesome as you were throughout all of it you're still a human and you still would have had a few days yeah like, oh man this just sucks like I'm just yeah. I'm over this I'm over being in a machine every day I'm yep. over feeling a bit, you know, worse than where. Um, yep. What did you do on those days? How long did that last for? How did you pull yourself out of that? Yeah, so I documented the whole thing on my Instagram. I made like all of these highlight reels about it. So I documented my good days, bad days, like my treatment, um, surgery, all that sort of stuff on there as well. So I think for me, being honest with myself and letting myself have that cry, go sit in the shower, scream it out, go, you know, into the gym, go kick the shit out of a bag. Like, you know, whatever I had to do, go for a walk, go get some fresh air, watch a sunrise. Like those were the things that made me be like, I'm appreciative for my life that I have. And I think it's just the little things of like, you know, having dinner with your family or seeing your best friend or something like that. Like, yeah, I definitely had those days where I'd, you know, fucking cried myself to sleep and stuff like that to just be like, why me? Mm. Um, mm. But then I then turned that around the next day to be like, well, there's only 24 bad hours in a day. Like, that's it. You go to sleep, what you wake up the next day and, you know, it's a new day and you take, you know, you leave that mindset in yesterday and today, all right, sweet. Well, you know, sun shining today. I might go for a walk this morning. And then that completely just changes your whole thing, you know, and you're one, yeah. And you're one day closer to treatment being over and you're one day closer to going back to having a normal life. So, you know, yeah, let yourself have those shitty days and then, but do the things that you enjoy on those shitty days just to make it just that teeny tiny little bit better. <laughs> I love that attitude, but I also I love, love that you have a massive attitude of gratitude, right? So you just really immerse yes. yourself so in, true. okay, all right, this might suck, but these are the things I'm really Grateful. loving. These are the things yeah. that bring me joy. These are the things that are going to bring out, you know, the the better part of my day. So I love that. Yeah. And I hope everyone listening to this understands that if someone sitting in her shoes can turn her yeah. shit around within a 24-hour period, that you really have no excuse when you sit and you linger. You know what I mean? Crap, right? I take the most from what she said is the fact that she's using 
her actual training as therapy. She's actually mm. using her coping mechanism. She's yeah. actually using it to exert this anger, exert the depression, the sadness. She allows it to be therapeutic for her to go yeah. on the walks, watch, walk, uh, walk the sunrise or walk the sunset and so actually to beat herself be up. To, right. Not I think that's yeah. very restrict or not to eat food. Yeah, we see people do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was funny though. Like as soon as I got cleared to train, because I said to them that I wanted to go back and train as soon as what I could. So as soon as they let me, then I went back to the gym and I was able to do light weights. Um, you know, nothing too, nothing too over the top. I laugh, but you need to tell the story properly, Renee. What actually happened when they said, "Oh, yeah, you can go back to the gym." Please explain. So they said to me. So they said to me that I can go back to the gym. So I was like, awesome, cool. Went back, started doing my weights, not as heavy as I was before, but doing my weights. Yeah. Going back, doing like, you know, some classes, but doing it lightly, you know, to my, to my, what I felt was good. Anyways, a couple of weeks later, I had a checkup with my doctor and he was like, so how's the gym going? And I was like, yeah, really good. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, weights. And, you know, I've done a couple of classes and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, um, no, no, no. So he was like, our going to the gym is like going for a walk or, you know, getting on a cycle bike, like, yeah, getting on a treadmill and going for a wander. And I was like, dude, that is so not my, like going back to the gym. Nah, no, not at all. And he was like, okay, cool. So maybe we just calm it on like the gym situation. But then again, I didn't really listen because I was like, but I feel like that I'm doing it to my ability. Like, you know, they're used to seeing, you know, old people or like super young people who have, yeah, who have, you know, either never trained in their life or trained really lightly or whatever. And then there's, you know, us who have trained for 10 years and you're like, there's no way in the world I'm going from, you know, doing a hundred kilo deadlifts to going for a walk on the treadmill. Like, nah, brah, you've got it wrong. Like, uh, <laughs> that ain't it for me, honey. That ain't it. <laughs> I love so, that. Listening to your body is so key. And coming out of any injury, mm. any sickness, you've got to allow yourself to ease back in and obviously yeah. do what you can. I think it's very important what she said too, is making sure that you you get back moving and get back yeah. in the gym when properly, obviously, uh, allowed to in her yeah. situation she was but obviously she took a little bit more um but it's all good if she felt fine if she wasn't pushing it she wasn't doing high intensity you know workouts or she wasn't lifting the 100 kilos again she was yeah. probably okay i think movement is the cure uh for yeah. any any depression any sickness uh if we get moving our body just starts feeling so much better but to our own limitations so I yes definitely what you said Do yeah you it was want- really do you think now moving forward from all of this and, you know, I know you're back into a routine, you're doing the things you normally do, you know, training and teaching and all of those things. Um, have you adjusted though, the time you spend in certain facets of your life and mm-hmm. how, how does it look different now? Yeah. So before I got sick, I was doing, yeah, 55, 65 hour weeks. Um, I was going from the gym to the salon to home to dinner to sleep. That was literally my routine every day. I was working weekends. Um, It was all about money for me. I just wanted lots of money so I could do lots of things. For me now, I don't care if I've got five cents in my bank account. Like if I can spend time with family and friends, like if I have to go friggin' camp on the beach with a blanket and a pillow, like I'm stoked. Like, and I think that's the thing. I think I have definitely changed my mindset from needing to work and needing to have money and needing to have nice things to now just being like, cool. Well, if I've got the afternoon off, I'm going to go, you know, spend some time with some friends or go for a walk instead of being like, Oh, I need to make up that shift by, 
you know, covering a class or, you know, oh, can I fit a client in there? Like I've definitely changed it more to be like, well, I want to enjoy the smaller things in life and, you know, even the free things in life. Like I don't care about money anymore. I don't care about having nice things. Like, you know, that's it. I'm here every day. And if I get to spend time with friends and do that, well, I'd rather do that than work. So valuable. That's a valuable life. And I think where you just said yeah. is quality of life. And yeah, hundred percent. I think one of the biggest things I'm noticing guys is uh, her mindset and her perspective of life, which is very, very contagious. I, I'm, I'm very happy to have you on Renee. It's awesome to hear this <laughs> energy, to hear your insight to life. I think it's so important where the, where you just said like money is more not to so many people. It's more right. But yeah. in reality, is it more? No, I yeah. think memories and everything that you're seeing with simple things in life are actually more valuable. Especially yeah. Like before. Yeah, hundred percent. Like beforehand, I'd be like, "Oh, let's go stay at a fancy hotel." Whereas I'm like now, like, let's pack up a tent, go sleep on the beach. Yeah, like, I would so rather do that. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So I think it. Yeah, literally, it definitely just changes. Yeah, like where, and I guess now, like where I want to go in life. Like, yeah, I still enjoy my jobs, and I still, you know, want to do that. But I would love to get into like, you know, talking to cancer patients, like throughout their treatment, to be like, you know you can get through this and like, yeah, you do have shitty days and whatever, but I would love to go and like chat to people about their journey and, you know, spread awareness of just being that little bit more positive. And, you know, I know that this day sucks, but like I said, it's only 24 bad hours in a day. Like you're going to get through this, like you're going to be sweet. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to where next year leads me on my exciting journey, I guess. I love it. And um, and for everyone listening, what do you think if you could give like your and you think about your um, top tips, right, as to how people could optimize their life without mm. having to go through brain tumor and surgery like you did? How can they learn from your you know extreme mm. process and just take away some good things to be able to implement to have a, a better quality life? Yeah. So I think one is just like, don't be a shit human. Um, I definitely, um, (laughs) yeah. So um, definitely just being like nicer to people. Like you don't know what people go through on the daily or what they've been through or what they're going through. So like, just be that little bit kinder to make everyone else like a little bit kinder, um, which is always nice. And that's definitely what I found throughout my journey as well as like, you know, people were always really nice to me when I had, you know, something to tell them or be like, oh my God, I feel so sorry for you. It's like, well, if you were just that nice to people all of the time, then people would be that little bit nicer. Um, But also just like, don't take the small things for granted. Like it's, we are here for such a short amount of time, you know, and you don't have to go through, you know, what I went through to realize that like the days are short, the years are short, like just enjoy every second of every day, whether you hate your job, change it, whether you, you know, don't like your partner, leave them. Like, Make sure you enjoy your life because it's yours. No one else is going to fucking make that better. Like, unless you're making your own life great, you then can't whinge. Like, you know, and I say all the time, um, you know, if people say, oh, well, this is, you know, I hate this or I hate that. I'd be like, well, that seems like a you problem. Like you (laughs) need to change that. Like, and that that is now everything. Like, you know, someone's like, oh, but I hated that. Well, change it. Like you literally. Your power. Yeah. Have your own. Yeah. Destiny. Like. Yeah, I love that. I love that. They're amazing tips, and I totally agree with them. The best, honestly, for anyone that's listening. If you need to listen to all those, don't be shit, people. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. That's so true. Be kind. Yeah, literally. 
I think goes such a long way. Uh, we don't know what anyone's going through. They could yeah. be going through, obviously, coming out of a chemotherapy and we don't even know it. They can be going through, obviously, a, a death. Uh, I know that's obviously probably very severe for those that are having to deal with that, you know, as well as they could just be having just a bad day. Um, yeah. Your kindness, your smile does go a really long way. Mm. And um, I think it's really powerful how you said that it's more about the simple things too, because yeah. most of us like, do not even stop and look at the sun. I think I make it such a big habit to just make sure I look at the sky, whether if it's the moon or if it mm. is the sun, because those things bring me right back that we all see the same sun, the same moon right? Yep. Everyone that's listening to this podcast, we all yep. see the same thing in the sky. So I think it is really important for us to just take in the little things, whether if it's our family, our friends, the sky, nature, uh, training, working out, all these things are the small things that we sometimes just lose sight of. And I think it's really yeah. important for all of us to kind of take these tips from Renee as well. <laughs> look at her mindset and perspective it's been very inspiring so I appreciate you opening up and telling us uh your story as well as giving us a, a little motivation and inspiration yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank thanks for you coming on Renee We've that's honestly, all right thanks for having me I think everyone listening to this will just be mind-blowing but I think it's just going to be a really great um eye-opener for a lot of people that hey you know maybe I'm sweating the small stuff maybe I'm mm. letting you know morning traffic completely derail my whole day where realistically on the scale of things as is a nothing thing right nothing. So, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and again as I said before at the start and all the way throughout attitude is everything you know the way that we perceive oh, a yes. situation will I strongly believe dictate our outcome inside the same situation so Thank you for sharing your amazing attitude and everything yeah, about how you tackled this, you know, life-changing situation you faced. And um, and I'm really grateful that you came on today, Renee. Thank you. Thanks for having me and thanks for inviting me on. My pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It All right, guys. Well, you, Renee, if they can find you on social media, where can they find you? Yeah. So it's Renee.Jenison. And how do we spell Jenison? Spell it out. Spell it out. Is, um, so Renee, R-E-N-E-E dot and then Jenison is J-E-N-N-I-S-O-N. Beautiful. Right. And I think anyone, you know, that wants to jump on there, you'll be able to go back and see mm. all of the, you know, journey, the, the yeah. diary, if you will, of her, yeah. of her life yeah. um, through that period. And I think also just follow her from the point of view of where she's going next. And maybe I'll say across some of the stuff she's stepping into with the motivational side of things. And yes. I think it's going to be a, uh, a journey to watch. Renee is a force to be reckoned with. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to follow. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. So I'll be following Renee. <laughs> It's going to be awesome to watch all of your successes in the future and this positive mindset that you're instilling for everyone to be inspired by. So thank you. And thanks everyone for listening to today's podcast. Make sure you follow Renee. You obviously go look at those highlights, look at her story even further, get inspired as well as give us some feedback, comments, share, and let us know what you guys want to hear for this next episode. Uh, we got some good stuff brewing up for you guys until next time. Thanks guys. Bye. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Queen Divas Pod, on Twitter at Queen Divas 4, and follow our hosts on Instagram, Alicia at Alicia Gowans underscore WBFF Pro, and Steph at Stephanie Ayala 7. See you all next week.